Welcome to another episode of What Really Happened. Episode 5 is here with a very special guest. I'm here with a person who is, I think, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA enthusiast. Uh, she's the creator of the Instagram page at Morgan Dreamy, and I believe she's pretty much listened to every single podcast known to man, I think, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going, you know. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, for sure. I just want to say, like, I'm so stinking proud of you. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I've been like, dude, start a podcast, start a podcast. Like, you're so good talking to people or, you know, so much about X, Y, Z. And they're like, yeah, eventually I'll get to it. But you're out here doing the damn thing. It's it's awesome. It's really <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. You know? This is something yeah, I've actually sure. been wanting to do for the longest time, you know. It's one of those things, too, with me. It's like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Kind of like swinging back and forth kind of thing. But, yeah, so I guess first question I want to ask you off the bat, um, it's not confirmed yet, so I just want to get your thoughts on it before it possibly could be. So who do you have, John Jones or Francis? <sighs> Oh gosh, you're off the bat with this fire question. Uh, um, I, I, I'm trying to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've been thinking about this like a lot lately, but I think that Francis is just this like dominating force in that division right now, and like, dude, he's scary. Like, I wouldn't want to fight him, you know. And like, Stipe is just he's one of the best in the game, and to see him go down like that, dude. I mean. Even though I was expecting it, it was so hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but I think if anybody goes up against Francis, John Jones has the fight IQ and he has the strategy to beat someone like Francis. So I think that if anybody could potentially defeat him, it would be John Jones. So I would just go with John Jones just because I'm such a hardcore fan of his, even though he's slipped up from time to time. But yeah, I think his fight IQ is just so pristine that he could somehow beat <laughs> Francis. Somehow, some way, he could do it. Uh, yeah, he's got crazy credentials. It's one of those fights I'm really hoping uh, hoping to see because I don't know. I feel like after watching, you know, what was it UFC 260 between Stipe and uh, Francis? I was one of those crazy knockouts. I was watching like the whole card. Like we didn't really get a knockout the whole card. It felt like right. you know, even well, a couple fights. I think the co-main of like main event we saw Kyron Woodley, you know, tap out. And I was like, no, like, out of all people, he tapped out, you know? I was like, what happened? And then the next fight, we see Stipe get knocked out in the second round, you know? I was like, man, this Francis guy is out of this world. You know, he's in his league of his own in a way. Oh, uh, no, he I, – I totally agree. And, like, his story is is crazy. Like, I mean, like, from working in the salt mines, from going country to country, and his coach just kind of, like, seeing him and just being like, hey, like, you should fight. Like, I, it's just like – 
you know, the, those underdog stories, those people end up being like really dominant in, in the UFC and MMA in general. But yeah, he's exciting to watch. And I mean, like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like it was, it was crazy. Like I, I, I can't even like, I still can't wrap my my mind around it. <laughs> it was yeah. such a good fight. It was. But, it was great. It was a great fight. You know, I thought, you know, I had a feeling like my initial thought when I heard of the fight, I was like, I kind of, of course, want Stipe to win because he's such a, he's like a, I think it's such a humble and cool dude. But at the same time, I had this feeling deep down telling me, you know, Francis could win this fight very easily. I always tell my friends, I always talk around with them, like, Francis got, like, I don't know what kind of, like, superpower he was born with, but he's got, like, that super strength, like, melatonin in his hands. It's one knot, like, one hit, you're out cold, you know? It's like, you're. Oh, yeah. I don't know what super strength he was born with, but he's. I think he's built for this division, built for UFC. So whatever coach told him to get into it, he was. He knew something. He is like the like whenever I think of like a legit heavyweight, you know what I mean. He's what I think of. I don't, you know, like physique wise. Like whenever I see DC, I'm like that guy is like eating a bunch of chicken nuggets and then sitting yeah. on people. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like DC is the kind of guy. The thing that DC and uh, Francis are in the were in the one point the same division were crazy. Like DC is the guy that I wouldn't like, like be some of my wrestling partners back in high school. That's where DC reminds me of, you know. Francis is one of those guys that like you see in like the Dallas area, like you don't want to go up against in a wrestling match, you know. That's one of those guys like stay me, stay away from me. I don't want to wrestle you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you, and like I love, I love DC, but. I don't know, man. He just, I, I was so glad to see him just take a step back. He's such a crybaby, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Joe Rogan loves him, and so like I've come around to like, yeah, like okay, he's a good commentator. He's an okay fighter, wrestler who sits on people, but yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure. Um. So. Obviously, we got to do. But if you have a fight that's coming up that is confirmed for July 10th, you, I imagine you've heard about it already. I think we've talked about it at some points. We have Connor versus Dustin Poirier, the trilogy fight. And what is your first and also thoughts on it? And have you thought about it anymore, like going forward, what to expect with this fight? What What are your thoughts on it? You know, I, I'm so tired of seeing Conor McGregor fight, and like I feel really bad for saying that because he's like he's been a driving force in this industry he i think he's like built you know ufc up to what it is today just uh with the level of fans that it has you know like he he really pulls in the crowds but like dude he's got so much money now like why fight bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know honestly like and, you know and like i'm happy for him like he's successful and all that but he dude whenever you know just whenever Nate Diaz got him to tap you know I was like dude this ain't it this ain't it you know he uh he kind of I was I was a little bit disappointed but you know with Dustin Poirier it's like he's evolved so much and I think that what like real like fight fans fail to see is like the greats can only be great for so long because these people that are entering these divisions are just evolving into a new animal. It's like, it's crazy to see. And people that are, you know, like, like Dustin Poirier, like he is not who he was when he first fought Connor, yeah. you know, 
like his fight game, his ground game, his striking, like all of it has grown. And, you know, I feel like Connor's just a little bit stagnant, but that doesn't mean he doesn't work, you know, every single day, every single day. But I feel like he's gotten into to this point where he's living kind of like a chill lifestyle and not training as consistently and as hard as his competitors. That's just my that's just my opinion. But yeah. I feel like Dustin Poirier this next time, I feel like he'll he'll dominate again just because he's more into his fights. Yeah, for sure. I believe I believe wholeheartedly what you just said because I feel like nowadays it feels like these fighters are like you said, always evolving. They're always up in their game some way or another. Like we didn't have to say, like we have a totally different dust in the second fight than we did the first fight. He was like the, for me, I could be totally wrong, and but I think Dustin had a different game plan going into the second fight, and it really showed. You know, and his, I think his striking really showed. I believe, and he obviously it did. I think and obviously it knocked Conor out. You know, which never I never thought you know Dustin would knock out Conor McGregor. Never right. would I thought that. You know, and then this is crazy. Now we're going to this third fight. I just. I believe Dustin may have the upper hand a little bit, but who knows? I, I think so, too. So, who knows? I think this next fight, who knows what's going to happen. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things that you never know, but, you know, as much fighting that's, that we may see. We see yeah, that's, you know. that's the fight game. Like, anything can happen, but, yeah, I just, you know, these people that are training more consistently and have these more intense fight camps, I feel like it really, it's, it's people are maybe more coming around to it. I don't know if you watch a lot of uh, Looking for a Fight or the UFC Embedded. Um, just watching these guys train, like, you can just, you can tell, you know, and Connor's just, he's living a luxurious lifestyle. I don't blame him. I mean, I should, hell, I would, I would take vacations and start a family, too, if I had that amount of money, you know. But uh, Dustin Poirier's got, got something to fight for, yes. and uh, Connor's just kind of fighting to fight, you know. And yeah. I think it shows in their fight game for sure sure there's no way if i had anywhere near connor's money right now there's no way i'm rolling up to the gym at five six in the morning to get head kicked and punched in the face <laughs> no way dude i'm i'm rolling in right? bed <laughs> there's no I'm, right? I'm, I'm, I'm tossing and turning in bed still i'm not thinking about someone trying to take my head off for a living you know right but, uh, <laughs> um kind of speaking about things that you never knew would happen in the fight game we just saw a uh, Ben Askren back in the ring, not the boxing, uh, not the octagon, but in the boxing ring, it's take, uh, take Paul. Uh, did you watch any of that, or what were your thoughts? Uh, God, I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole Snoop Dogg commentary thing. It was, you know, it was funny. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the panel of judges, aside from Pete Davidson, I feel like Pete Davidson, like, yeah. Like, he actually knew what he was talking about a little bit. Everybody else, had they had no idea, you know. Um, Ben Askren has fought people that have, you know, not knocked him out. So I feel like he was not taken as seriously as he should have been. But then whenever the fight actually started, I was like, what is he doing? Why? Yeah. What? What was this? You no. know, like. <laughs> I've never, never seen him do that not gone ever. Like, he's and in there He's, well, I've never seen it at least. I mean, I, I never like, like who like I never seen 
he looked so like unprofessional in that boxing ring. I think I kind of told I had a buddy of mine, um, John Cruz. He, him and I would go watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was like, right after the knock, and I'm like, dude, this has to be rigged. Like that was my first enough so far. I'm like, this has to be planned out. This has to be something because there's no way there's a fighter's going to go in there, a boxer's going to go in there, especially at the level, I guess somewhat level that Ben is in. Even though he has a wrestling background, not much so much striking, but there's no way that he's going in there. He was trying to go in there, you know, trying to win. His whole stance, I don't think, really looked great, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, all of the memes talking about how, uh, you know, Jake really, like, thought he knocked out an MMA fighter, but he's, like, built like a built like your mailman. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I told you, I sort of, you know. Yeah, I was showing somebody... Um, like a ringside view. I guess someone got a ringside view of the knockout. And mm-hmm. someone's one of somebody, and they're like, "Who's that guy? Ben? Was he? He used to be a UFC fighter." I'm like, "Yeah, like he looks so out of shape, you know? Like, <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it or not, he beat you know some of the best people in UFC. You know, he beat Robbie <laughs> no, <Hall."> right? <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy. Um. I mean, he got punched one time and made $500,000, so (laughs) that that to me is like, it was rigged, you know, and and his reaction leaving the ring uh, with a smile on his face, like, what was all that about, you know? I know. Yeah, I I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, do you think... With Jake Paul, he you know potentially wanting more fighters, you know, like he said he I think like he said something, I don't know the quote directly, but I believe he said something along the lines of like, now he wants like a real like for person, you know, he was spotted that he was at UFC 261, I believe, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, you know, do you think there's a possible chance he and Connor after Connor retires they, they get into the ring finally, the boxing ring, you think? Because we've seen Connor fight Floyd. Surprisingly, that's not the first, like, Jake Paul and Ben are not the first time we've seen this, so, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think Connor would stoop to that level unless he really needed the money, and he doesn't, but I, I think, you know, comparing Floyd to Jake Paul, Jake Paul is a kid YouTuber, Floyd was like a, he's a legitimate boxer who was also talking shit, you know what I mean, like, so, I don't, think that Connor would stoop that low but then again we do have Floyd Mayweather fighting the other brother yeah. in six so That's it's like talking about too. <laughs> I don't I don't know like I anything is possible I think but unfortunately for Jake Paul he's hated by a lot of people and Dana White happens to be one of those people so like as far as fighting a legitimate fighter in the UFC I don't think that would happen unless you know like he signed contracts which I have heard he's not actually willing to sign contracts to fight UFC fighters don't know how legitimate that is but uh yeah I've always thought it was super weird that he of all people was fighting Ben Askren because he's not like not a big name and you know I think he just was trying to fight somebody who was into in the UFC just to like legitimize himself, even though, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, accomplished his goal. If that was his goal. <laughs> For sure. Do you think, do you think the, I just don't thought, I just not thought about this. Do you think the hate that, I don't know how to call it hate, I guess the heat, I guess whatever you want to call it, that Jake Paul has with the people and fans, you know, within the world of, I guess, 
don't know if MMA or just combat sports in general, do you think that's a real legitimate hatred, or do you think that's just part of his persona that he's just so perfected, like perfected within social media? You think? Do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's just real, or do you think it's just part of his, I guess, quote unquote character? Oh, I think it's real, but he's made it part of his like brand, you know, just being hated by the UFC because I think that. Uh, you know, I don't think he started the chance at uh, the last UFC fight, you know, F. Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think he would, but he, I don't think he really started it, but I think he really, he might have embraced it once it got started, it seemed like. I don't even know, you know. I mean, I don't know. yeah, I I think he, I think he's embracing it now and making it part of his brand, but I think it's always been part of his brand because, like, he has like a gold chain that says F Jake Paul and he was wearing it like years ago. But I think that's just because like so many people hate him that he just hops on his own hate train and is like, yeah, this is cool. People hate me. Screw you guys. I'm like loaded. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, I don't know. Do you think, I don't know. Do you, think, do you see him fighting anybody else in a potential future? Like any big, is there anybody out there you think you would like to see take take Paul fight? Yeah, a legitimate boxer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, like, there's like legit undefeated boxers, like, in his weight class that want to fight him. But for some reason, he's just not picking up, you know, the phone. So I think, like, if he fought a legitimate boxer, he wants to fight, like, Canelo, which is, like, got, yeah. you, you got to aim lower. Like, those yeah. guys aren't going to fight you. They hate you. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think a legitimate, maybe, you know, just somebody on his level. They don't have to be professional, like an amateur undefeated boxer in his weight class. Doesn't have to be a big name. I just, I want to see him fight a real boxer. I don't think a washed up UFC fighter is the way to go, you know, who ultimately probably was just doing it for the cash. Sure. Yeah. So that I would, think- sorry, that would prove his legitimacy to me at least because I don't like the guy either. <laughs> Cool. I was about to say that. So, do you think if he legit, like you said, fights more of an amateur guy who maybe knows has a plan, that would, that would help like build that credibility and legacy for you and stuff like that. That that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think like a legit boxer, you know, um, if he beat or even knocked out a legit boxer, yeah, he he would he would win some points from from me, you know. Yeah. Still don't do like, think, him, but he'd win some points. Do you think the boxing game has evolved any or gone down any since we've seen Connor and Floyd fight? Do you think it's gone down or gone up? What do you think about that? You know, I don't know a lot about <clears throat> like professional boxing. I, you know, I, I was never really a fan, but I would say that you know, pay per view. I think the trends have rose a little bit just since Connor and and Floyd. I think, you know, that helped the marketing build the interest in boxing, but yeah, I don't I don't know too much about it, but I mean, uh, probably Jake Paul too has, you know, increased viewership and and stuff like that, which is cool. I mean, that's one positive thing that he's done, you know. For sure. Anything yeah. Do you think um Win or lose, um, kind of a couple more questions, then we'll move on. But um, win or lose, July 10th for Connor. Do you 
think he has another match or retires? What do you think is next for Connor? Yeah, I don't I don't know what his contract looks like. Um I in my mind I was thinking like maybe he has a few more fights left. Um so you know, I think win or lose he'll still fight. I think he's trying to prove that he's still like I'm in this because I'm a fighter even though like dude, like you don't have anything to prove, bro. Um but yeah, I think win or lose, I think he'll fight again. For sure. I could be wrong though. That's just that's just my opinion. Who if you were if you're Dana White, okay, let's just put a scenario. Dana White, the matchmakers. I like who, this. <laughs> who who's next for Connor after after who's who's next for Connor? I was asked that. Um, you know, I not I really for some reason want to see Connor fight Sugar Shang. Like, I feel like their personalities are just so crazy. I feel like the marketing and the promotion for that fight would just skyrocket. Uh, (laughs) You know, you have this, like, crazy Irish whiskey drinker and then this, like, weed-smoking rainbow afro, like, crazy (laughs) kid. And their styles, in my opinion, are, like, kind of similar. I think Sugar Chan's just a little bit quicker. Um but they're both looking for that for that knockout. So I think it'd be a really interesting fight. But yeah, that's that's just kind of crazy and out there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a really good fight, I think. You know, Sucker Sean O'Malley versus Conor McGregor. Like that's I'd wide buy that because I think, gosh, the, the, I think Conor the way that Conor promotes himself in this or was you know on his rise. I think what everybody knows with Conor. I think his way he promotes himself is so great. He's like the promos he would make on the mic. You know, just. Trash talking so much, I think the Sugar's on, and the way that mm-hmm. Sugar's on talks back, gosh, that would only buy so much. I think bringing a bigger audience, you know, and I'd hope I think UFC overall, I think get a lot of viewership, you know, that would help. I think Sugar's on in that way, but also help Connor too. So I think that'd be a great pay per view uh, buy. <laughs> People, you know, so because you know, Sugar uh, Song, he just he fought um at UFC 260. I think the third Ooh. to last fight that was a great fight too. Yeah, he, he, he knocked out the that dude with his left hand. Left, I think he said he let him back up, and he he knocked him out with his right hand like immediately after. That was a great fight too. I think for Song. So did you watch? Yeah. Were you able to watch that fight at all? Yeah, I, I watched that fight. I don't remember. Do you remember what that guy's name was that he knocked out? I not at the top of my head, no. Yeah, I just, I remember, like, he, he knocked him down, and I was like, dude, why isn't he going in, you know, with some hammers? Like, and, you know, I'm watching it with my boyfriend. My boyfriend is a UFC MMA buff as well, and he's like, no, no, no. He wants to knock him out and walk away, just like he did last time. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, sure enough, like, that's what he does, but... But yeah, uh, that was a, he's a, stylistically, he's a, he's a good fighter. And I yes. think that he's got a hell of a future if he just keeps up the way he's, you know, the way he's been going. And he's only 26. No, he's got a bright future ahead of him in his career. You know, he's got, he's, he's he, if he keeps up the way he's been fighting, he's got, you know, I think I think sooner or later I think Dana is going to have to give him that title fight at some point. Mm-hmm. You know he's I, that's what I think he's going to. Son will eventually get that. I think eventually before we know it he'll have that big fight with somebody, maybe Connor, maybe someone else. But eventually he will get if he just continues to grow as a fighter. I think he will get that 
title fight and hopefully, um, you know, be the next UFC champion as a weight class, you know. But um, is there any other dream fights you think you'd like to see in the UFC before anybody else retires? Even, okay, dream fights with current roster? Let's do this. Maybe it'd be better. Current roster, who's your dream fight now? But of all time, if you could bring back anybody in their prime, who would you like to watch? So my dream fight now would have to be uh, in the women's division. I really want to see Bullet Valentina and uh, Amanda Nunes uh, round two, um, just because they're so dominant. I mean, whenever you think of women fighters, uh, gosh, the women are so bad. And I hate to say that, (laughs) but like, honestly, like when you think of like legit badass women fighters, you think of. Rose Nama Nunes, you think of Amanda Nunes, you make you think of Bola Valentina, maybe uh, Joanna Jacek, but like the the two most dominant girls right now are Bola Valentina and Amanda Nunes, and I think they should uh, have at it again because who who else are they gonna fight? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's my current roster dream fight. I'd have to think of people right now. For some reason, I really would want to see. I mean, Dominic Cruz is is still fighting, but I really want to see Dominic Cruz. And uh, oh gosh, what's his name? He got busted. He's the wrestler, the blonde wrestler. Um, uh, shoot, I feel like I know you're talking about, but my, my, I'm drawing a blank too. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I should have like studied more. Before he came, oh uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Oh yeah, oh god, that yeah. would be a crazy fight. Dude. Yeah, I want to see them fight. I think they've already fought, but I want to see them fight again just because, you know, uh, Dominic is so underrated. Like I don't know if you actually listen to him whenever he commentates. He watches every single move, and he predicts almost every single move whenever he's watching fights. Like, it's so crazy, and he works really hard. He trains super hard. Like, the dude doesn't have a personal life. So I I can't wait to see him, you know, get back on top again. And um, I just – I want to see him go up against TJ Dillashaw. I know that he is in a little bit of trouble for some performance-enhancing stuff, allegedly, but yeah. I think that would be my next. I know it's kind of like a who are they, but I really like those those fighters. Yeah, I think that would be two great fights. I think you said, you know, but, um, what was I going to say? Uh, do you think? What was the question? I had a question that just left my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, kind of moving on a little bit. Uh, why did you get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? For people out there who probably don't know what that is, can you describe it and kind of why you got into it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just, you know, a, a martial art. It's just, you know, grappling. Um, whenever I think of Jiu-Jitsu, I think of, like, whenever you get into a fight with somebody, like, almost 90% of the time, what what happens? You get to the ground. Yeah. Um, it's just ground game grappling. It's, you know, it's been around for a really long time. Um, it's been practiced, you know, for over... I don't know how many years, but then, you know, it only just came to the United States, like, in the late 80s, early 90s. So, um, initially, I started it as wanting to just get in some physical activity, so lose weight and just learn jujitsu. but 
it's become kind of like an obsession. <laughs> like, I could, um, I could tell because did you just recently, not that long ago, you just got some new stripes, right? Yeah. So I, my boyfriend made me go to my first jujitsu class in 2016 and I was so intimidated by, cause it's like a very male dominated thing. Um, and we, this is when we were just getting into UFC or MMA. And we, you know, I was like a super hardcore Ronda Rousey fan. Like I just watched her knock out Betch Kohea and I was like, God, this girl is so awesome. And she's like a judo Olympian. And so we like went to the local gym here in College Station. And yeah, like I, I didn't know what I was getting into, but you know, after COVID hit, you know, I was, I was, uh, pretty consistent in like the regular gym I was doing progressive overload and then I was like god like I'm so stiff and he's like well like his friend's brother owns the gym that we go to now and so he was like yeah come check out the gym and yeah like since July August of 2020 I've been super consistent and I earned my first drive like three months in and then in January, I got it. I got my second strike. So, congratulations! That's pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my boyfriend has four stripes, and he is like eons ahead of me whenever it comes to like skill and and knowledge of jujitsu. But like, I'm getting there. So, okay. I'm at least proud. You're, <laughs> <laughs> um, for, at least you're doing it because like I like I said earlier, I wrestled in high school. So. I, we, during the summer, sometimes we'd go to the, the uh, Tesco, so we'd go up to the wrestling mat room, and we would some guys and I would all wrestle and just have our little, I guess, mini practice there. But um, sometimes, like, we'd have, like, jiu-jitsu guys come in and, like, who want to wrestle or just want to have a place to practice their stuff. So there's been times where, like, this guy would come up to me, like, hey, we, he tried to teach me some, some technique. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Like, you're confusing me. Like, <laughs> What is this? So I always have that respect for people who did jujitsu because, like, it's one of those things. It's like it's so. It's it's. I don't want to say the same, but it's sim. Like, there's some similarities for sure, but it's it's totally. Oh, yeah, it's, for sure. It's it's totally so different in its own way. So I respect that about people who do 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 jujitsu. I can't speak, but it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I always respect about that. It's such a really cool sport. I think out of all the combat sports, that's just for sure one of my favorite ones out there. Yeah, but, it's uh. I think we have a lot of wrestlers that come in and I think they get a little bit of, uh, you know, they come in confident because they know how to grapple and pin people and submit people just from their wrestling background, but they get a, like a, a very big slice of humble pie whenever guys are able to like wrap their legs around them and like put them in these positions that are like super uncomfortable so yeah, I've 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 seen that firsthand too myself, and it's it's uh it's funny. <laughs> uh, so how did uh how has Brazilian or yes did you how has it oh um changed your mindset and like in and out of the gym? How has it changed your mindset? Do you think? Um. In any way, know, uh, yeah, like with jujitsu, I totally. It's something that I recommend for like every single person um, because especially women, it's a really good form of like self-defense and that's not saying like going and doing like a self-defense seminar. No, that's like consistently going to the gym and training and, and learning like how to manipulate somebody else's body 
to submit them to defend yourself. So as a form of, you know, weight loss, self-defense, and just overall confidence, I feel like since I started jujitsu, my confidence has boosted so much. And that's not, I'm not saying like I'm cocky now, but it's just like I walk around with a sense of pride that like I do something that I, I really enjoy and that I'm really consistent with and that I can see my own personal growth. So it's just, it's crazy the shift in myself that I've seen. And I really want that for other people. So I'm always telling other people like, yeah, do jujitsu, like go every single day, like find a gym you like and go train. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I've always heard stories about that, you know, people who sometimes it may scare them, but I've always heard the other stories too that are just like that, where they see that shift in people where they find that confidence. They, they leave the gym and they're automatically like a, in a good way, they're a different person because of it, because of what they just went through, you know? So I always thought that was pretty cool too. I always found that wrestling when I was in high school. I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool sport, you know? Like, always leaving from my perspective like leaving practice i was like this is pretty cool i want to stick with this because i like not just learning wrestling and having that sense of like yeah i could probably practice it and stuff like that but that was something like you know that confidence factor i always liked about it too so that was pretty cool so uh are we expecting any future mma fights out of you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know what's funny is like the owner of the gym his name's bobby he's like so pumped when anybody wants to fight because it's like his dream is to just be an MMA coach and be ringside like with a fighter um you know but he he his female prospects are like none <laughs> and so whenever he sees me in the gym he's like you gotta come to MMA dude like you gotta keep coming to MMA like we're gonna make you a fighter and I'm just like Ooh, like I don't want any head injuries like I don't feel like getting punched in the face you know but um no, like MMA fights, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm 25 years old, about to be 26. So I feel like to start now, it's just like insane. But I mean, there's been crazier stuff happen. But as far as like jujitsu, like I'm planning on doing a competition like May 15th. So awesome. there's that. So you're kind of just training up for that too? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So I don't know, that'd be pretty cool though. Who knows, you know, that one Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament can lead to Bruce Buffer announcing your name against Manny Nunes or something. Hey, if that happens, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll make sure to get you some front row, front row seats. Oh, hey, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I mentioned earlier, kind of sifting gears just a tad, uh, not a tad, but, <laughs> uh, you, like I said earlier, you have an Instagram pro- account called, uh, Morgan Drew Me. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, can you kind of tell me what that is and why you start oh yeah so during quarantine i was like super bored like gyms weren't open you know i was literally sitting at home like playing animal crossing and watching like shameless like every episode of shameless and i was like dude i need a hobby that's like not just sitting here and like wasting away in front of a screen so I was like on TikTok and I like saw this girl and she made this like drawing of somebody's picture. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to do that. So, you know, I had like a stimmy check and I bought an iPad and an Apple pencil. I downloaded the same program that this one girl did. And I just kind of was like teaching myself procreate and making like doodles for people and like people 
like had like such a positive response to it that like they were like you should charge for this like people charge like xyz and i'm like okay well i i'm i don't even know what i'm doing but they're like yeah like you should totally do that so i actually do like portrait drawings for people as like a little hobby now that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty awesome i mean i remember when you first got started doing it i'm like wow i didn't know morgan like how can i say this i knew you were talented but i was like i didn't know morgan like she brought this to a whole different level you know like she's bring, like it's really cool how you were so talented and you're doing all these cool things for people you know because pretty early on i'm like hey is it possible you can do this you know <laughs> and you're like so nice about it you're super dope about it you're like oh and so i sent you a picture and like it came back like way better like then i'm like like this looks so awesome you know like you have a true talent you know for a hobby you know like this is so cool thanks (laughs) are you still doing it at all or no yeah i actually just finished like five different portraits uh for mother's day no no joke (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool um yeah so how do you like for the process of illustration i guess how do you what's your process like for you like how do you I guess, start it from beginning to end. Like, what's your process? So I have people will send me like whatever picture that they want um, as like a cartoon portrait. And it's like, you know, if the portrait or if the file size is, is pretty blown up. It's a lot easier for me because I can like capture all those details. So picture size is like something it's kind of like a, an obstacle that you have to deal with. So I will blow up an image. I will make it smaller. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that this the file size is like where I need it to be to capture details that are in the image. Then I will upload it onto my trusty little app. And um, it's like this process of putting this putting layers over the picture and drawing like kind of tracing over it and then just like bringing it to life, like filling it in, like coloring it. Um you know, just like, in and, you know, I always send it back to people. I'm like, hey, are there any edits like you want? Like, maybe the complexion is, is too dark. So I'll have them submit their edits to me so that whatever they get as a result is like exactly what they wanted. So it's just a lot of like going back and forth, making sure everything is perfect, drawing in little details, you know, fixing colors, um, and then just like putting it all together. And I save it as like a a jpeg or a png like whatever they want they want to make it like this one girl she just made hers into a puzzle which is like pretty cool she just (laughs) uploaded the image um into like a program and it cut it into a puzzle for her um let's see i had somebody make it into like a canvas which is awesome so yeah that's what that's pretty awesome so like can well, where all can um people i guess find i guess your drawings is it just a, solely on instagram right now yeah it's just at morgan drew me and you know it's funny about that account is like it was just like just this no name account that i had that got hacked a long time ago for the username and i like recently got it back and was like uploading all my drawings on it so yeah, at Morgan Jumi, you can always just like send me a DM or anything like that to like ask for a drawing, and like ninety nine point nine percent of the time I'll do it because I have nothing else better to do. So <laughs> cool, everybody, you heard it. So go ask her. <laughs> go get a drawing from Morgan. <laughs> but uh, so where do you um, 
where do you find or where do you get the inspiration? You know, if there's any inspiration, where do you get it to make these drawings? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I see someone in someone's image and I'm like, Oh God, that would look so cool as a cartoon. And then like recently I wanted like a, a night vision goggle, like Bucky sticker. And so I uploaded the Bucky's image yeah. and like a cartoon, like helmet with night vision on it. Uh, the double tubes and like made it into a sticker, just like tracing and like drawing over it and putting it all together. So just, awesome. just, just random, just like seeing somebody's picture and be like, Oh, that would be like an awesome cartoon image. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah. So I think everybody who in Texas pretty much knows what Bucky is and would appreciate anything like that. Bucky's related. So, Anybody who happens to be listening to this out of of Texas, you probably don't know what Bucky's is. So, for anybody out there, take a big gas station. Everybody Texas in Texas loves the <laughs> elite gas station of all yes. gas stations. You go in there to do whatever, and you come out spending Lord knows how many much money. You know? <laughs> like eighty bucks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so. I think you have a very, like, the when you draw, I think you have a very unique, you know, style, you know, I feel like it's very unique to you, very, like, you don't see that anywhere else, you know? So, is that what you knew going into it? Like, this is what this is going to be my style? Or are you trying to, like, I guess, inspire by someone else? You're like, oh, I want to do this style? Or how that, what do you think, like, what were you thinking, I guess, for a style? Mm, I, you know, I, you're not the first person that's told me that. So, I was like just scrolling on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is like where I saw a girl like actually like doing the dang thing. And um, you know, you know, after you see something and like you really like start you just start to notice it everywhere. So then on Instagram I noticed this other girl was doing it, but she didn't do any type of like facial features. Like so it was just like a blank face. And I was like, Yeah, this is cool, but I really like want to see people's expressions and, you know, other things like that. And so whenever I was doing it, I just went ahead and added all those things in. So yeah, I think I have more like a, like a funky, not like, you know, smooth lines type of, you know, portrait style, like whenever I do it, which I guess is unique to me. I didn't know that until people started pointing it out, but yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So what did you, I was thinking about this earlier today. So where did you come up with the name Morgan's Remains? Is this something like this, something simple? Like, yeah, this is one of go, like I thought of just now. I want to go forward. How that name? Uh, well, I drew my friend and she's like, Oh, you drew me. Morgan drew me because <laughs> if you know me, like as a friend, I'm not very like sentimental. I don't do, I'm not like emotional. I don't like give you hugs or like, tell you I love you or anything like that and so like I just I drew this portrait of her and then I gave it to her and she was like oh you drew me Morgan drew me and so I was like I'm gonna make that my Instagram handle so thank you Susanna (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Hannah (laughs) but um uh is there anything else that we can expect from Morgan Lightsey um, you're, like, you're, you're dominating the Brazilian digital world. You're dominating the drawing world. <laughs> well, but that, well, actually, like I feel like maybe just like more hunting content, just like on my Instagram, like 
yeah, I think I think hunting and jujitsu, maybe not so much drawing. Drawing's just like kind of like a side. It's like a it's like a surprise thing. Like, oh, you hunt and you do jujitsu, and I'm like, yeah. And then like one day I'll just be like, yeah, I drew this, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you draw too. <laughs> For sure. It's a mixed mixed bag of things. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I like I'm not. I was going to talk to you about hunting too, because so kind of good thing, a good segue. So I'm not the most hunting savvy person. So like what I like we were just talking just earlier. Um, you, what I do know about you, you're like probably one of the biggest hunters ever. Because I see all your pictures. Like wow, she caught you know a turkey today, or it's caught a deer today, or whatever. Um, what do you – I know from what I understand, you just wrapped up a hunting season, just right? Mm-hmm. What did you go hunt recently? What was in season? So I am a pretty avid waterfowler. So waterfowl is just migratory birds, so like ducks and geese. And that season is typically from November to early January. And then we have like a conservation season in March. So, uh, yeah, I'm a pretty big, like, bird hunter and uh, also predators like hogs and coyotes and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just wrapped up, like, my third duck goose season, and it was awesome. It wasn't as awesome as years prior because just COVID just really, like, dug its teeth in and made everything suck. So, yeah, it was it was an okay season. I'm not complaining. I got to kill a lot a lot more birds than than some people. So for sure. So what's the biggest predator you think you ever gotten? Gosh, I wish I could could answer that accurately because the first time I actually ever shot a pig and a coyote was from a helicopter. Oh wow! See, so <laughs> <laughs> you're hunting people from a helicopter. <laughs> It's like a crazy story, actually. Like, uh, my boyfriend does like social media marketing, and he like contacted this helicopter hog hunting company. Like, hey, like, I really want to promote your business. Like, is there any way we can meet and you know talk talk ads and business and stuff like that? And they're like, yeah, come to the hangar and uh, like bring whoever you want. So he, uh, you know, invited me and his dad, and they were like, yeah, so y'all ready to go up in the in the helicopter? And I was like what (laughs) and keep in mind like I had never like this is just me like easing into like holding a firearm and like getting around the idea of like shooting an animal and they're like yeah I'm ready to shoot some hogs and I was like I guess yeah (laughs) so then like from there I was just like I was hooked like my and my boyfriend's like a big influence and all that but yeah like I also studied, you know, wildlife and fisheries in college. So I understand the importance of conservation and like like hunting regulations and and all of that. So, you know, I'm 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 pretty educated in that department. People give me a lot of shit for it on online, but you know, I know who I am, where I stand with all that. So Hey, continue to drop that education on people if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so like like hogs specifically, like in in like a course of a year will accumulate damage on property for farmers that will cost them millions of dollars. So they're destroying crops that are people's livelihood. So 
And they also, they produce, like, at a rate three times faster than, like, normal, you know, gestation period. It's it's three times a year. And they'll have, like, dozens in their litter. So for every ten hogs you see, shooting seven of them will only, like, put a tiny, tiny dent in the population. So Really? I, dropping I some that. knowledge. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> dropping some knowledge on these people, you know? But, uh... <laughs> This is pretty crazy. I'm still trying to wrap my mind over hunting in a helicopter. I don't know why. It just like got Cell Team Six over here hunting hogs and stuff like that over here. You know, um, what do you when you go hunting? Do you usually go in a blind or how does how does your hunting season? How, when you hunt, how does it like how do you go about it? So, uh, so for hogs and ducks and and geese, like it's they're all different. Uh, hogs typically. They they don't come out in the daytime. I mean, they do, but you kind of have to catch them slipping. So nighttime is really where you have the advantage. And we also have the advantage because we have, uh, you know, like thermal technology. We have silencers, you know, just to keep the noise down. And, like, we have that uh, element of surprise for shooting hogs, which is, like, you need that in order to kill a lot. So, yeah, uh, we just we drive around in in fields on people's property that we get permission and we eliminate the problem, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) But like ducks, uh, ducks and geese, you have to put in a lot of work. So you actually have to scout them. You so they'll roost, they'll sleep. And then from their roost and typically like in the morning. You know, you have to kind of follow them around in the evening time to see where they're going to go feed. So where they feed is where they're going to be most likely, like, when they wake up, right? They wake up, they go eat. You have to figure out where they are. And you have to figure out where a lot of birds are because you want to shoot a lot of birds. That's the goal. So you scout for these birds. You have to get permission, (laughs) right? You can't. This is Texas. Don't just go trespassing on people's properties. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> always get permission and um you know typically these birds will be in like a cornfield or a wheat field uh or like on a pond and stuff like that so like you set up appropriately like we have layout blinds which are just like literally you lay down you pop up you shoot and then our buddy actually has a duck blind that we dress with you know, vegetation that's similar to what's around the pond so that you're not seen because these birds actually have pretty good vision. Um, they will see your face and then they will fly away. So, yeah, uh, just like a, a variety of different ways that you hunt these birds. So That's pretty cool. How many birds have you gotten in one season, do you think? Is it, quite a, is it too hard to count, you think? Uh, we, we were pretty good at keeping track, but anywhere from like 80 to like 200 birds easily. Oh, wow. If you're going, if you're going out like almost every morning, like when you can, it's, it's easy to get those numbers. Yeah. So kind of just like question off the top of my head. Cause I don't know anything about hunting. Uh, mm-hmm. So I heard that you, um, do you, I don't know if you do, or I don't know if you're just hunting just to hunt, but do you make like, do you like, like you said, you use hogs and stuff like that and coyotes or anything like that. Do you, like any of those bigger animals, do you like, like, I know people say they make like jerky out of them. Do you, is that something you do too or anything or no? So hogs is, is kind of tricky 
right? So hogs are a disgusting animal. Uh, I don't know if you know that. They're literally disgusting. They roll around in mud all day. They eat whatever. They get in fights. They get infections. They get diseases. So if you really want to harvest the animal and use the animal, typically, like, in the colder seasons, you know, whenever they're, like, burrowed up and, like, not getting into anything and not getting into fights and stuff like that. So colder seasons and, like, younger pigs, right, because they're not exposed and that they're not going around and fighting and eating and whatever. So those are the ones that, in my opinion, are the safest to eat. Um, because like in the summertime, you, you see these pigs that are just, they're just filthy and they have diseases and worms. And so it's, it's difficult. And then like, you know, I'm all for like using the entire animal, um, especially whenever you're, you're killing a lot of them. But, um, there are upsides to that. Like with pigs, uh, our buddy who does a lot of hunting actually will take, the majority of his pigs to this like dog food factory and these people at the dog food factory will use every single part of the pig for dog food they'll they'll test every like the heart and like a couple of the organs to see to make sure that there's no disease or anything like that and they will pay people to you know take the pigs off of their hand and then essentially like it's not a complete waste you know what i mean yeah for sure because you know I'll be the first to admit, I'm like a scrub. I don't know anything about hunting, so I'm not in the front lines, you know, hunting all the time. So I really don't know, like, how that process would go moving forward, you know. So kind of you kind of shine some light on it, set some light on that. So it's pretty interesting, guys, hearing some of that. So, um, so do you think when you hunt, is there any, like – so what was I going to ask? So what's – what specific I can't speak specific specific stills and uh, specific um, do you think time of year do you like the most when you when you go hunt like when you go hunting what's your favorite time of year to go hunt oh definitely waterfowl season so like the winter time sure <laughs> uh, ducks are just like I, I'm not a, like a big deer hunter I I I just finished like my first turkey season didn't shoot a dang turkey because. Dude, turkeys are hard to kill, but, like, the sitting and waiting for an animal to, like, cross your path is just not as appealing to me as sitting in a blind and waiting for, like, an entire group of birds that you can pow, pow, pow. Like, there's just – there's a lot of action that can come from duck hunting that you don't really see with deer hunting or turkey hunting or, you know. So ducks and pigs are just – it's exciting. And, you know, being, like, a a girl – you know, that can like handle a firearm or like shoot better than the guys is also like a plus, you know? <laughs> Do you have a specific like, um, gun you like to shoot with more than others or anything like that? Um, shotgun. My boyfriend has like a, a 12 gauge retay, um, that I like shooting a lot. Uh, it's just, just a regular old, regular little shotgun uh nothing special when it comes to shotguns but um i just i just shot a pig uh with this our guide's ar uh yeah yeah i i I prefer an ar-15 semi-automatic i mean you really get to to kill more pigs than you would you know a bolt action or anything like that so ar-15 is is my gun of choice and we have modifications uh 
my boyfriend actually has a SBR, a short barrel rifle that is, is compact. And it's like, it's like mini for me, you know, <laughs> and he's, it's suppressed and it's got a thermal on there. So it, it's, it's equipped. I like it. It's, it's yeah. effective. It's fast. It's light. Um, it, it does the job. So that's what I would prefer to shoot a, shoot pigs with, you know, shotgun. Nah, I'll, I'll grab any shotgun <laughs> and, and smack some ducks with it, you know? For sure. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you, uh, obviously, you know, uh, one of my biggest podcast influencers just is lives in Texas now. You know who it is, uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> so, when are you gonna go hunting with Joe? Is that a possibility? You think anytime soon? Is that goal you think? End game? You think? Not end game, but part of the game. So, yeah, I, my boyfriend and I like thought about this a lot, but. If we could get Joe in the helicopter, like we don't own the the helicopter hawk hunting company, but our buddy it, owns it, you know, and he's a he's like a super nice guy, like does does way too much for us, but yeah, Barrett, um, you know, if he does some swindling and gets Joe in the helicopter, that would be amazing. Um, if he got Joe in the helicopter and didn't invite me out to the hangar when he was there, though, we would have some serious. Serious problems because he knows that Chris and I are like huge Joe Rogan fans. So it, it, I mean, it could happen, but you know, um, I don't think Joe likes having. I mean, he 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 bow hunts, but I feel like he doesn't really know how his fans would react if he was like in a helicopter shooting pigs. Like, you know, I think Tim Tim Kennedy has opened the door for him to come shoot pigs, and he still hasn't done it. So you know, who knows. Who knows? <laughs> Yo, yeah, well, it's good. But hey, if Barrett happens to be listening to this, let's get Rogan in a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying. I think he's he's really trying. So, and he he works like like a crazy man. So, um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think. For sure. So, kind of talk about Rogan. Uh, so, do you think that Rogan? Well, did you ever when you first you know this whole Spotify thing where I upload my podcast to you and YouTube? What's you're a big like help too because you kind of helped me. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you actually told me once like, hey, you should upload it to YouTube too. That may help you. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. So you kind of helped me there too. So I have, you, have, I have to thank you a lot too for everything. So, but kind of talk about Rogan a little bit. Um, with that big Spotify deal, do you think it's better for his podcast to be on Spotify, or are you still used to him being on YouTube all the time? Um. This is a hard question to answer. Like I've made the transition easily just because I've been a longtime Spotify user. Uh, I listen to all my music on there. Um, but yeah, I think YouTube was just coming down on Joe with like, you know, the strikes and, you know, taking away um, the ad revenue. And, you know, Joe brings in billions of views. Yeah. So it's like, you know, He's whenever great. he got off. Yeah, like whenever Spotify hit him with that offer, I, you know, I think it was just a, an offer you really you can't refuse. Like it was too good. So I'm, I'm happy he made the, the transition. I think like the having the video, <clears throat> excuse me, having the video capabilities on Spotify, it's it's the same for me. Like I don't I don't like it any more any less than whenever he was on youtube and they still post the clips the jre clips on youtube so if i don't watch that 
that podcast that week, I can still hop on YouTube and catch little snippets, you know? <laughs> for sure. Do you have a specific, like, guest you like to try to look up for or anything like that? Or that, like, continue, like, continuous guest that he likes or has? Um, you know, I, I really, really love the comedian Andrew Scholes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he oh. cracks me up. Like, he, that dude is so funny and i love whenever he comes on and just like just i mean he just lays out the truth and he does it in such a funny way that he's he's really entertaining to listen to and i i mean i think gordon gordon ryan literally just upload they uploaded that podcast yesterday he's the like world's greatest nogi jujitsu grappler there is so i'm really excited for that podcast i think i'm like an hour deep into it now but I think he'll be on a lot more, so I'm really excited for that. But did you uh, did you watch? It's it's, it's been out for a little bit, not too awfully long. But do you watch that thing on Netflix with Andrew So It's about uh, he had a little series on going on for a little bit. Um, kind of talking. It's pretty much what he did on Instagram. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, I think you can go look up Andrew Soltz right now. You'll find some funny clips. But it's pretty much what he did, you know, where he's talking about, like, political stuff all the time, you know, and bringing it up to Netflix, you know. Uh, do you ever do what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> did you ever watch any of that? I watched a couple episodes of it. But Yeah. This, his, his short little rant clips. I don't know if they have a name, but yeah. That's one of my favorite things to watch ever. I think I always crack up watching all those. He brings the truth, but the way that he delivered it, I think, is so funny to me sometimes, you know? Yeah. And he does it, like, I don't think he, like, writes a script or anything. I know he does for some of them, but, like, the COVID ones, like, whenever, you know, Newsom and de Blasio, like, whenever they were just doing, like, ridiculous restrictions, you know, like... And I'm not not to get political, but dude, he would just roast them, and it was like the was. funniest thing ever because nobody else was like, everyone was like praising these people for doing this, and he was like, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute, no, <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. He just the his deliverance. I think it was some of the stuff was super funny too. Oh yeah. But do you have any other like comedians that you tend to listen to, or maybe where? We're not comedians. It's this guest that Rogan had on that you, I guess, oh, I never heard about this person. Then you watch the podcast, like, oh, this is pretty cool. This interests me. Have you ever done any of that before? Yeah. So he's had this lady on. I think her name is Rhonda Patrick. Oh yeah. Um, she's like this super informative doctor. She's like. Uh, she has a PhD in like science focused, like aging and cancer and the brain and stuff like that. And like, she's been on like uh, a lot of times and I'd never heard of her, but she has some like really good insight and she, she knows her stuff. Like she's done like multiple case studies. She like researches like all the time. She's constantly reading like peer reviewed, um, like data on like, like what's going on with COVID right now and like what to do to like support your immune system. So like whenever COVID hit, I was like constantly like, okay, like what is this lady saying? Like, well, what do I need to do to like not catch COVID? You know? So, um, yeah, she's, she's like super smart and she's like somebody that I would go to versus like anybody else just for some health advice, I guess. Sure. Um, have you ever thought about like, 
starting your own podcast at all? Has that always been a thought for you at all or no? Uh, yeah, I've thought about it, but you know, in the beginning, whenever I was telling you like, yeah, like y'all should start a podcast and like, oh yeah, I would if I had time. I'm kind of like the same way. So I'm like talking crap <laughs> on people and I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you would, I think you would have a great show. You would be a great host. I think if anybody needs a podcast, it's Morgan Lightsey. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, my yeah. problem is like, I just like. Like I saw this meme before we like came on here that was like, hold on, let me, let me like find it really quick. It's like this guy and he's like, he drops the pizza and it's like me trying to talk a perfectly logical sentence and all the pizzas on the ground is like what I actually say, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've been paying attention we've been on here for almost an hour, about an hour and I've said so many statements. So if if I'm messing up, there's no way that you would say stuff perfectly on there. Uh, yeah, I know. And like, and like I told my boyfriend, I was like, yeah, my friend's doing like a podcast. And I'm going to go on. He's like, did you write notes? I'm like, what for? He's like, all right, good luck. Well, yeah, I, I say I write notes, but it's more like scribbles, more like, I don't know if you can see it, but it's more like. In front of me, I'm trying to be perfect. I kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit for people watching. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, but, uh, I promise me that not all these questions I ask you are on here. So it's kind of like more like, I, like I like scribble stuff. Like, oh, I still ask this person this question. You know, it's more yeah, like bullet stuff. points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not so much like a script I'm writing. So it's more like a try touch this topic. How, how my problem that I'm trying to do now. If you ever start your podcast, advice, I guess you may know this though. You you're you're pretty awesome. So. It's having to like transition. How can I transition from this like bullet point to this bullet point? And how can right. I ask question right away? Because like, like I alluded, alluded to it earlier, I can't speak to save my life. So how can I ask this question or transition to this the right way? You know, that's my biggest thing right now. Yeah. So, like, well, you're like out here, like having guests on like your first couple of shows. Like I can imagine, like, and I think like with you, I think it'll just like what comes with practice, you know, like I, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. Cause like, you know, you watch Joe Rogan. He's like, they'll be like talking and he's like, so tell me about this sex tape. <laughs> you know, like sometimes he's like not smooth at all. I'm like, Whoa, we're going there. <laughs> he does from like, he, he sometimes he's done from top to top. He goes from zero to hundred sometimes. Real yeah. quick. So I'm like, yeah. Whoa, where did this come up on me? Fast forward. Did I skip something? It was the young Jamie edit something out that I did mess that I messed up or something. But, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. But, um, for sure. Uh, do you, what are your favorite kind of podcasts that you're listening to right now? Do you think that you can probably set some light on for some people? So I'm really into true crime. Um, I, I listen to your podcast first and foremost. I listen to the Joe Rogan experience. I listen to cleared hot by Andy stump. He's another like regular guest on Joe Rogan. He's a former Navy SEAL, um, he did a lot of like skydiving, like base jumping, like I don't know what you call it, but he's he's really cool. Um, Field Cross Survival, Mike Glover, he's like this survival expert, like tactical dude. Uh, he's got a lot of good insight on like um, just like events that are going on in the world. Uh, his like survival take on on some things, like if shit hit the fan. I love 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 hearing him talk. Yeah. I listen to, pardon my take, <laughs> Barstool oh, <yeah>. stuff. <laughs> um, I listen to King and the Sting, Token CEO, which is the Barstool CEO's podcast. Uh, 
Erica Nardini. I listened to a little bit of Call Her Daddy, not gonna lie. It's a little it's a little raunchy, but sometimes she has like guests that I really want to hear, like Miley Cyrus and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So the uh, Yeah, I listened to like Below the Belt with uh Brennan Shaw, Real AF with Andy Frisella. Crime Junkie. I listened to some like Dive Bomb, which is like a waterfowler podcast. And, and most recently, uh, Tom Brown's Body, the the case about Thomas Brown from Canadian. That one is a really, really good one. So if you're into true crime, that one's amazing. Yeah, I love true crime. I always like watching crime documentaries all the time. I don't know why. I'm one of those people who like watch, like rewatch like Netflix stuff all the time, you know? Like mm-hmm. the shows all the time, listen to crime, true crime podcasts. Like, um, did you ever watch? It's kind of a true crime, I guess. I don't know what we would call it. Did you ever watch the Idiot the Night Soccer or Cecil Hotel? Like those kind of. Oh stuff my gosh! Yeah. Yes, we could we could literally do a whole podcast on true crime yeah. because like that is my niche. Like, my boyfriend thinks I'm like literally a psychopath because I watch anything and everything true crime. He's like, "Why do you like this? People are literally getting murdered." I'm like, "I know, but I can solve this case." I just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's what I watch. I'm like, I, I promise, um, we're not psychopaths on this podcast, but I do watch all those shows all the time too. You know, I just started. I think when my, my grandmother was alive. Still, we, I was growing up. We so she always had the first forty eight on. So that's how it started from there. And <laughs> just, I just I grew up. I'm like, I gotta watch. Like, I just had this interest in crime shows. I don't know why. Like true crime podcast. I don't know why. So for you, as the first forty eight. For me, my mom was always watching America's Most Wanted. In yeah. Dateline, <laughs> like she still watches Dateline. Like they, uh, my parents called me the other day, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to so and so." My dad's like, "Yeah, we're going to so and so's like engagement thing," and I'm, my mom's like, "But I don't get to watch Dateline." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, mom, still <laughs> live." <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got that stuff recorded on DVR if you want. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know that you have it for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for sure. Um, what? Gosh. Uh, so I think we're kind of that's going to wrap up here, I guess. So before you do, is there any like thing you like to things you like to add and say before you head out, or any special shout outs to anybody? I mean, not really. <laughs> uh, a shout out. My dad says that he's been listening to your podcast. So dad, if you're listening. You're a real one. Uh, thank you for supporting Carter's podcast because he's amazing. He's out here doing the damn thing. I'm so proud. This is so fun. Um, but yeah, like, dude, just keep up the good work. We'll keep talking MMA. I promise I'll get like, I'm not like a fight encyclopedia like Joe Rogan is, but you know, I promise I'll do better. I'll do more research next time. So I'm more like fluid, you know, but yeah, no, dude. I I'm just like I'm super proud. I'm super pumped that you're doing this, and it's awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. And we gotta. I would definitely. I'd love to have you on again. We'll talk about more true crime, and we'll just make a whole podcast about true crime if that's cool with you. And then yeah, for sure. And we can talk about like how we know each other too. Oh, for sure. That would be an interesting <laughs> podcast. Got, yeah. I, I got some fun memories. I think I could probably talk about. Yeah, I yeah I do too. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's gonna be some fun ones. Hopefully, some people out there will find some some of those stories funny. But I don't know why. One quick memory, if that's okay with you, before we wrap yeah, up. Sure. So I don't know why I have this memory. I was just thinking about this as like when I was planning on my questions. I was I was gonna bring it up. But I was like, I guess now is a better time than never. Because, but I don't know why I have this memory. Because people who don't know 
like how Morgan and I met. I, from what I remembered, Morgan, you maybe have a different memory how we met, but like your older brother Taylor, my oldest brother Anthony, played baseball at Tascosa growing up. So that's pretty much we just happen to see each other, hang out all the time because at you know high school baseball field. So that's how well we always met growing up, I think. So oh, you know, uh, consistently going to those games that you hear at Tascosa or out of town ones, we always hung and hung out together. But mm-hmm. I have one memory. Like, you're probably gonna kill me for saying this. So I'm sorry. But I, oh, I have this God. memory. I have this memory about how uh, we went. You, uh, your mom, Cynthia, you, my mom, and I went to go watch a movie one day. I don't know if you remember this or not. And I heard this noise at the right on my corner, like right, like right here. And I looked over, and you're eating popcorn out of the bag, like that's like not with your hands, just eating it. I'm like, what's going on? And then I looked back. At the movie, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> then, like, well, I think Sam gets a hey, stop it or whatever. That's just funny. I don't want to have that memory in my head for it. <laughs> I don't mean to embarrass you like that, but I just have that memory. I was like, that's that one memory I, I can edit this out to you. I was like, I was like eating the popcorn, like, like, like out of the bag, like, <laughs> Yeah, like, like licking it with your tongue and eating. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what? Oh my god. <laughs> in my head too. But yeah, we'll make a yeah. whole podcast talking about memories, like, Probably crazy movies about that. I don't, I don't deny that I probably actually did that. So that sounds like me something I would do. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all like we all talk about. We have a podcast about true crime and all the memories, probably crazy memories you have of me growing up. Because I was most, I'm awkward now. Oh. Can only imagine what I was like as a kid. I have some like super. You probably. I have some super cringy ones, like from just like just me, just me during that time that yeah. you probably didn't know about. So, yeah, uh, we'll we'll save it. We'll save it for the sure. next one. Yeah, for sure. We'll have you on and we'll talk about all the fun stuff <laughs> going out together. God, second only imagine what that podcast is going to be like. Trash goes <laughs> <of> memories. <laughs> Woo, go Rebs. Go Rebels. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you for coming on, Morgan. Had a ton of fun and definitely have you on again. So yeah, for you. sure. For cool. sure. This this was awesome. Sure. So thank you for everybody tuning in and yeah, so have a good weekend and have some fun. Cool. Bye everybody.